as Johnny said, I'm on uh, ooh, there we go. Um, maternity leave. Uh, we have our little baby girl, Olive. She was born at the start of February. And um, it was obviously in a moment of total sleep deprivation that I said yes to this. Um, at 3 a.m. this morning, I was wondering why on earth I said yes. Um, but yeah, it's um, lovely to be able to speak. Um, I thought I would share on something that I feel like the Lord has really been speaking to me about. And that's all about um, where do I find myself? Where should we find ourselves as followers of Jesus? Um, What are the places that we should be? Um, And this all began for me when I stopped working. Uh, I finished work at uh, 37 weeks. So I had this weird thing in my head that um, Olive was going to be born early. And she was not. She was very late. So I had this like month of pure frustration. (laughs) And um, in that month, I just felt like the Lord say, um, just really ponder where I should be. Now I wasn't working. Now everything that I'd been used to had stopped. Um, Where should I be found? And I don't know if you have a place that you are known for being in. Um, Me and James, when we go to any supermarket, uh, we do this thing where we walk through the door and we just say, we're getting milk, nothing else. That's all we need. No wandering off. Stick together. And no doubt, one of us, often James, wanders off. And it feels like, if you ever go with family, this is what I'm sure every family does. But you spend the next five hours looking for them in the supermarket. And in Asda, just, in, um, just up the road, I tactfully choose the middle aisle always. Because you can, as you walk, you can look both left and right. And uh, he is nowhere to be found, ever. And you get more and more frustrated pacing up the aisles looking for them. But if I'm ever the one to wander off, James knows now that he will find me in the toiletries aisle. And uh, the shampoos and conditioners, I don't know why, but I'm just drawn to them. Um, And that's where he will find me. But um, we're looking at this morning someone who finds themselves not in the toiletries aisle uh, of Asda, but actually at the feet of Jesus. And that's Mary, who is um, the sister of Martha and Lazarus. And there are three times in the Gospels that we read about Mary, um, this specific Mary, falling at the feet of Jesus. Uh, The first one is to learn and listen. The second one, in grief and questions. And the third time, in worship. And I just thought those are the three areas that we might look at and get encouragement of how we can have that same uh, posture as Mary does, as sitting at the feet of Jesus. Um, The act of falling at somebody's feet today is very strange. That's not something we see people ever do, really. Um, It's not not very normal. It would be quite socially awkward if you fell at somebody's feet. Uh, But back in the Bible, we see that happen all the time. There was uh, the, uh, the leper who fell at Jesus' feet after being healed in the thankfulness and gratitude. Uh, there was Jairus. He was the father who fell at Jesus' feet uh, to ask if he'd, he would heal his daughter who was sick. There was the woman who fell at Jesus' feet to touch his cloak who was bleeding to be healed. They all fall at Jesus' feet for different reasons, uh, but there's something that comes through when you fall at the feet of Jesus, and that is that, um, that posture of acknowledging who he is, the willingness um, to say, I'm falling at your feet, and you are who you are, Jesus. And for us, we can't physically fall at the same exact uh, physical feet of Jesus. We don't get to touch them in the same way, uh, but we can have that same heart posture, that heart posture of uh, being found at his feet, and that being a place that we're known for being at. So the first place that we uh, find Mary falling at the feet of Jesus is in Luke, and it's uh, in Luke 10, 38 to 42, Uh, and I'll just read the passage. 
It says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. And so we read in the story that um, Jesus, he goes to the house of Mary and Martha, and Martha spends the entire time doing the work, getting everything ready, hosting well for this visit. And we read Martha becoming increasingly irritated by Mary, her sister's lack of help. And she decides to confront Jesus about it. And if you've got siblings uh, and you grew up with siblings around you, you'll know that it's just a classic sibling move. Um, you just you, uh, you look at what your sibling might or might not be doing uh, and you go to the person in charge and demand justice to be done. Uh, Martha fully throws Mary under the bus. And I'm sure she, in her, um, in her confronting Jesus, expects Jesus to put this situation right. But he doesn't. He shockingly affirms Mary in her choice to just sit at his feet. What Mary had done was to choose to sit there, throwing everything aside. And it's not necessarily that Martha was doing anything wrong, but that Mary took this opportunity. She placed it as the most important thing, just to be at the feet of Jesus. And at the feet of Jesus, she finds she is listening to him, able to hear his voice for her. Uh, a really well-known uh, hero of the faith is Charles Wesley, and he was around a couple hundred years ago, and he wrote thousands of hymns, apparently over 6,000 hymns. So he must have been very busy. Um, and some of which we still sing today. A lesser hero is his mum, Susanna Wesley, and she birthed 19 children, which in itself... She's a hero. Um, sadly, only 10 survived past early infanthood, but she raised 10 kids. And it's said that she was such a committed follower of Jesus. Um, she actually chose to make sure all her kids could read and write, but especially her daughters, before they could stitch, which was unheard of, because she wanted them to be able to read and know the word of God. And it's said that in this chaotic, busy household, she would take her apron and throw it over her head. And the kids knew, from the littlest to the big, that she was not to be disturbed, unless in dire circumstance she was not to be disturbed, because in that place, with the, with the apron over her head, she was meeting Jesus. She was spending time in his presence. And um, in the middle of that chaos, uh, we might recognize that in busy lives, I wonder where there are places where we can throw over our apron, whether um, imaginary or physical, if that's what we need to do. Um, to take those times to spend time at the feet of Jesus. Martha, she no doubt felt pulled to do all that she was doing, pulled to get things ready, to do things well. And I resonate so much more with Martha than Mary, more, uh, more often than not. Just doing things, trying to do things well and um, to host and to do things for Jesus. And she misses this moment of encounter that Mary takes. And that's the encouragement um, for us to take those moments when we can to sit at his feet. Mary sitting at his feet to learn rather than doing. 
And at his feet, we find uh, wisdom. And it might be wisdom needed for our jobs or wisdom in our relationships. Um, Jesus was speaking then and he's still speaking now. And he longs for us um, to learn and know things that we don't know already and we're not uh, hearing already. Um, a few Thursdays ago, me and James and Olive, uh, she tagged along. We went to Hatfield House. And I don't know if anyone's ever been there. It's beautiful. We, um, it's really close, about 20-minute drive. And we went for the day, and we paid the £12 each to get through the little gate. And we saw um, all these gardens, and we saw these fields, and we had a lovely walk. And then we headed home. I just thought, yeah, we've seen it all. And it wasn't until we got home that I pulled out this map and I realised we had missed um, the entire part of the formal gardens that you actually pay the money to see. And, um, and when we were there, I just was so confident we weren't missing anything. And I wonder just how much of the time we might miss something that the Lord is trying to teach us or speak to us about because um, we just plough on. It's just sometimes easier to just keep going. And uh, for so many of us, I think we think that there is everything there is. And I feel like Jesus, even in this moment um, of his interaction with Mary, he's just saying there's more. There's more for you to listen. There's more for you to hear. There's more for you to enjoy. Jesus, is, um, his response to Mary is him saying, learning from me is a good thing. You are wise to do that. Come to him for wisdom in any situation. And the second place we read Mary falling at the feet of Jesus is in a really different situation. It's one um, full of questions and pain, actually. And we read in John 11 that Mary's brother, Lazarus, he's fallen ill. And the sisters, Mary and Martha, they send word to Jesus that the one you love is sick. Now, Mary and Martha um, had followed Jesus around. They would have seen him heal so many others. And I imagine that their expectation was high that Jesus would come straight away, heal their brother, and all would be well. But Jesus delays, and when, by the time he arrives in Bethany, Lazarus has been in the tomb for four days already. Now we know, in hindsight, being able to read the Bible, that um, this was to show that he is the resurrection, what was to come in his death and coming again um, alive. But the sisters, they didn't know this at the time. They were experiencing losing their brother in the full weight of loss, um, losing their brother, the weight of what they would have felt in that moment, and the weight of Jesus delaying coming. I'll just read the passage um, where we find the sisters coming to Jesus. In John eleven twenty, it says, when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died, but I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask, Jesus said, your brother will rise again. Uh, a bit later down the passage, we read Martha finishing speaking with Jesus, and it says, after she said this, she went back and she called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When those who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. 
come and see, Lord, they replied. And Jesus wept. And in the story, uh, we read that it was actually Martha this time who comes straight out to Jesus. Mary, it says, stays back in the house. Mary knew that Jesus had come. Martha goes straight to him. But she chooses to wait, almost to hesitate before going. And I wonder what made her hesitate. Um, She was clearly in mourning, needing comfort. And I imagine what made her hesitate was her grief at the loss of her brother, her questions maybe, even her anger. The one that she calls teacher, the, the one that she knows has all the answers she sat at the feet a while before to learn from. In this moment, hesitates. But she does come, and uh, she comes when Martha goes back and says that the teacher's calling for her. So she comes, and what she does when she sees Jesus is fall at his feet. And probably um, she's falling at his feet in the weight of her grief. But still, even at his feet, in that posture, acknowledging who Jesus is, that he is someone special. And uh, she says one statement, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And just reading that over and over again, I can't help but feel the weight of that statement. If you had been here, there's such rawness in that, isn't there? And I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you have um, felt like Mary and felt like saying to Jesus, if you had been here. Um, But I um, have had a time of that recently. Um, This is a really sensitive um, topic, so I hope to tread carefully. Um, But two years ago, we fell pregnant, um, and we uh, were very excited um, and just thrilled. And as the weeks went on, just before our 12-week scan, I just thought something might not be quite right. And so we had a scan, and it was just at the start of COVID, so James wasn't allowed in. Um, And we were told everything was fine. Um, There was nothing to be worried about. I saw the baby on the screen. um, And sadly, a few days later, we went on to lose um, our first baby. And um, I was crushed, just full of grief and questions. I prayed um, throughout those weeks that what I feared was happening wasn't happening. Um, And seemingly now it had happened. And a year passed and we fell pregnant again. And I prayed my absolute best prayers this time. Uh, Prayed and prayed that the Lord, knowing and believing, and I still do believe that he can do all things, uh, would knit this baby together, that this time would be different. And um, sadly, we went on to lose our second baby. And uh, in that moment, I was um, totally um, crushed with grief, but not only just for the pregnancies that we'd lost, but for my confidence in Jesus um, to act when I called him. And uh, we, we see that in this story, I'm sure, that Mary, her confidence and expectation would have been that Jesus would come straight away. And uh, I don't know if you've heard about, if you've got a really like, troublesome boss um, that people write down in an email all, that, like, your, um, your, all your issues, but you just never press send. And it's like a way of just like, releasing all of your, uh, what you're thinking. And so my version of this was to write Jesus a letter and truthfully, I didn't speak to Jesus for weeks after um, our second loss. And I know you're not meant to admit that. You're meant to be like, I went straight to him. I found comfort. I was very stubborn. I held back in that house like Mary. And I held back for a lot longer than Mary. Uh, but this is my version of, um, of that email. So I decided to write Jesus this letter. And I titled it, If 
I were going to speak to you, this is what I would say. And obviously, knowing God can read every word on a page that I write, but in my head, this was my first tiny step um, to, to, to going to him, to leaving the house, as it were. And I filled this uh, letter with all my anger, all my upset, all my hurt, all my deep questions. And like Mary, that was my version of leaving the house. And when I finally came to Jesus, it was at his feet on my knees. I just had no strength to pretend it was all fine and that I was okay. Um, Yeah. And what I found, like Mary found, was a Jesus who weeps with me, who actually was waiting out the house, calling for me the whole time, who was patiently, gently waiting for me. And that's what Mary found, that's what I found, I'm sure that's what we all find, a kind, gentle Jesus waiting. At his feet was the place that I needed to be in all my questions. And uh, I got no worldly answers. Um, You often don't, do you, when you're going through something? Uh, But being at his feet was where I needed to be, and uh, it was all I needed. And I wonder how many of us, uh, maybe in the room uh, or on the live stream, are waiting and staying in the house, maybe um, hesitating before going to Jesus. And maybe you're not in a season of grief like Mary was or, um, or I was, but maybe there's something making you hold back from really going to him, going to Jesus. Mary, she shows us that we can ask the really hard questions of God, that we can ask and say honest things to him. And what we find is a God who draws near, that um, finding ourselves at the feet of Jesus in questions is an amazing way to find ourselves. So how do we do that practically? If we are in a season of hesitating before going to Jesus, uh, I wonder perhaps for you it might be uh, like me writing that letter, that version of just trying to make the move. And I think we find when we do that, that Jesus is right there close anyway. We don't have to go far to find him. He does all the work. Maybe for you it's speaking to some friends and just saying, I can't get there myself. I don't know how and just having others to stand with you and pray with you. Maybe it's coming forward for ministry, and we, um, we do ministry every week, um, every service, and it's a place where we can encounter him. And it's coming and just inviting him in to what feels really hard to invite him into. And when we, when we leave that house, when we take that step, uh, we meet Jesus on his knees with us. The third time that we see Mary um, falling at the feet of Jesus is in another really different situation. This time, she's not driven by there um, to learn or even to listen to him. She's not there uh, driven there by grief. She's actually there on her knees to worship Jesus. And we read about in John 12. So this is just a chapter after uh, the Lazarus situation. Uh, So John 12 says... Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here, a dinner was given in Jesus' honour. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume." So we see Mary, she's taking this bottle of perfume and yet again, 
finds herself in the middle of everyone, in the middle of a house full of people at the feet of Jesus. And she chose this posture, again, of adoration, this posture of being at his feet, humbly uh, breaking a bottle of perfume and pouring it on his feet. A pint is a lot of liquid. I don't know if you've ever thought of that, but like every mill of a pint pouring out on someone's feet is quite an awkwardly long time to be doing that for. Uh, but she, she found no awkwardness in doing it. She did it because she loved him. And in that moment, she would have brought everything with her to worship him. Uh, for Mary, we see when we take a step back, uh, that it was her life's posture to be at the feet of Jesus. I often read these stories as just individual circumstances, um, but when we look at them all together, we realize that's where she was found. That's where she finds herself again and again at the feet of Jesus. And this time as she worshipped him, this isn't an isolated incident of life being perfectly well. I'm sure she probably still had questions over why Jesus didn't come immediately. I'm sure she might have had um, just, yeah, just big questions. Yet she chose to worship him. She chose to break that bottle of perfume and give him everything that she had in that moment. She chose to draw near to him. And in that moment, again, Jesus affirms her decision and her posture to do that. He delighted in finding her on her knees again at his feet. And um, that would be, I think, the encouragement for, for me and us today is how do we live like that? How do we have that posture throughout life that whether we, um, like Mary in that first instance, wanted to listen to him, to discover more from him? How do we remember to just find ourselves at the feet of Jesus and there we will discover more? How do we, in our questions and grief, um, be bold enough to leave the house and find ourselves at his feet? and find a Jesus who waits there for us. And through all of that, through all of life's circumstances, um, all the ups and downs, choosing again and again to have that posture of worship, that he is always worthy, no matter what we're going through, to live that uh, life like Mary, finding ourselves at the feet of Jesus. Amen.